Yo, what's going on, my friends? Jordan Candlish here. Welcome back to the State Shifters podcast. I'm super honored that you chose to be here to spend some time with me today and this wonderful guest that I'm about to bring on. I really want to celebrate you for choosing to expand your consciousness, choosing to level up your energy. And uh, it's podcasts for me really do have uh, such a powerful impact in terms of distinctions that we get to make in our mind. And if you're listening to today's episode, there is a very clear skill set or direction that you're moving your life in, right? You're looking to become a better creator, a better channel, a better form of expression for life force to move through you. And as you know, if you've been following my journey, I have been using social media as a playground, a creative playground, a canvas that I get to paint and express myself on through words and through content. And it was about a year ago that I started my TikTok journey. And I got on this platform. It was actually my girlfriend, Amanda, who works in digital marketing. And she was like, hey, you should probably start making content on TikTok. And I had a lot of resistance to it at the start because I didn't think that the type of content I was creating would work on that platform. But I went for it. I dove in. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a crack because I saw the momentum that this platform was creating in, in the world. And I chose to commit to myself to make three videos a day for about six months. And what happened was momentum got created in my life. I, I started shifting into a type of person who shows up consistently for himself and his creativity. And I was able to generate over 100,000 followers in six months through just creating consistently on the platform. And I realized that TikTok is such an epic way to create. It forces you to be succinct and direct and creative in terms of how you deliver a message in short form content. And I wanted to expand on this skill set of creating content for you so that if you're looking to walk down this path and become a better creator, you can learn the strategies behind that. And today's guest is Maddie and she is a TikTok and social media coach. She also is a social media strategist. She's a content creator as well. She runs the, an agency called Choose Your Glow on uh, Instagram and she's an amazing TikTok creator and I actually have been following her for a long time and learning through her content how to be a better creator. So I was like, hey, I've got to bring Maddie on and share her with my community and the information and the, the knowledge she has for anyone who might be wanting to walk this path as well because I know there's clients that I coach and you know people who follow my content who are also creators. So this is a great opportunity to get some more insights, to get some more inspiration on showing up more powerfully for yourself online. So let's dive into this episode today with Maddie Prideman. Enjoy. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. Okay, I'm here with Maddie Pridiman on the State Shifters Podcast. My friend, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing so good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this conversation with you. It's uh, we, we, we planted this seed a couple of months ago and, and now we're here. And, you know, you are you are out in California and you have a really unique skill set and a, and a really uh, interesting skill set that I wanted to bring you onto the podcast and share some of the the information and the wisdom that you know with with some of my aspiring creators who follow me and listen to this content. But Maddie, uh, for people who are not familiar with what you do, um, how would you describe, you know, what it is that you do in the world and your your creative gifts? 
So, um, I, I would say I'm definitely multifaceted. I started off as a content creator. When going back to college, I studied accounting, wanted to become a CPA. You started accounting as well. Oh no, you did yeah. too? Yeah, I did oh, accounting too. Interesting how it's like we, we end up going the creative route, but yeah. you know, <laughs> I just it like, was not for me. There's just a lot of boring downtime. I didn't really like the nine to five life. And I was there for five years, started a little blog on the side, um, sharing my skincare and beauty passion. And that started to take off. I started that in 2018. Around 2021, I started my social media agency helping out small businesses and other creators helping grow their social media accounts once I was able to fully monetize. And ever since then, I've kind of been dabbling in both, but I definitely um, have been able to succeed on both TikTok and Instagram when it comes to making money and growing. And now I'm showing others how to do the same. Hell yeah. That's so funny. I um, I studied finance and accounting as well, and I worked in a, as an accountant for two years, like oh, almost yeah. two years. So slightly less than you, but I did the exact same thing, started a blog on the side, writing blogs about like mindset and personal development and things like that. So, Oh my goodness. That is so crazy. You know, there's a lot of people I feel like who have gone that route where they think they want to do one thing they go to college for it. And then they just end up starting social media on the side, making way more doing that and are so much happier. So for sure. Did you work in like big corporate or were you for like a small tier firm? I was in a small business. Um, I, there was like 10 of us. It was pretty small. And I, you know, I loved it. I really did. It was, I loved my team. I'm still really close with them. It just, it wasn't, um, you know, letting me tap into my creative juices. And I just was a little bored and I realized mm. I wanted to do something that I had a little bit more control over. And that's kind of what social media gave me. Yeah. Beautiful. I feel that. And I know that feeling. What would you say to someone listening who is maybe working a job like like accounting, they're in a corporate job and they know it's not their thing, but like oh, they just don't know how to really go after the thing that they love or or maybe they have a limiting belief around, oh, I don't know how to make money out of that. What would you say to those people? I would say, I mean, personally, I don't think it would have been helpful if I just would have quit and tried doing something without having like a, that security blanket of a job. So for years, I just kind of ran my side passion and really tried to like hustle on the side. It was crazy busy, but I think it taught me how to time manage. It taught me that if I really wanted something and if I really wanted to get there, that I had to put in the extra hours and I had to sacrifice a lot of my time. I don't think I would have like done what I did had I just quit. I think I would have ended up getting another job and it just, it teaches you so much more when you're really busy. I feel like you just don't have the ability to procrastinate when you have a lot of go stuff going on. So I would say just start something on the side, whether it be just a few hours after work each day or on the weekends, you pick up something that you're really working on. Like, don't feel like you have to just quit, like dabble in it, put a little extra time towards it and sacrifice maybe some of the fun stuff at the beginning because it will eventually pay off, but good things do take time. And, um, you know, it's definitely a learning curve. 
Yeah, big time. What I found for me was once I had something like a purpose outside of my 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 accounting job that was like fueling me it allowed me to to have extra inspiration throughout my my day job because i was like okay this is you know just a stepping stone i know there's like this isn't what i'm doing forever like created that that fuel or that fire um what what for you were some of those like key skill sets that you needed to develop to be able to step away from you know your accounting job and and go like all in on the, the social media stuff that you're doing for the first year, I had no idea what I was doing, honestly. Um, but I'm someone that just will completely envelop myself in learning and researching and, you know, reading. And so I just started trying to know it all. You know, I mean, I read every book, I read, I listened to every podcast. Any extra time I had, I was trying to learn a little bit more about how I could be better. And by doing that, I just, you know, each little day I would make a little 1% change. And um, yeah, I think it's the small daily changes that really make a big difference when people feel like they have to just completely wake up and be a new person and, you know, fully be an expert in something. It's a little bit harder and it's just not as attainable. But if you just make a promise to yourself that each day you're going to learn something new, you're going to make a little change. I really do believe that that is the most beneficial from for everyone, honestly. Mm, 100% agree. Yeah. It's almost like now we are realizing or millennials especially are realizing that we don't have to subscribe to this outdated model of um, yeah, success, which is like go to school, you gotta work a job that you don't really enjoy, but it pays bills. It's like there is we're realizing there is so many possibilities for and ways of making money that is in alignment with your passions. And social media being the main uh, I guess, like avenue that's opening up so many doors. Similar path that I walked with like making content and sharing stuff on socials. But for you, like what what were some of the the things that you had to learn with social media, let's say someone's listening to this and they want to be able to tap into, you know, using social media to amplify their passions, their creative gifts. Uh, like what, where would you suggest someone start now and what, what, what should they be learning? I think the biggest thing is community before even thinking about making any money, just focusing on how you can make actual friends online. Mm. I think that's the biggest piece of it. Just make connections with people. If someone is taking the time out of their day to DM you or comment on your Instagram video or photo, like find a way to make a connection with that person. Cause those are the people that actually make you the money in the end, but it doesn't always feel like that at the beginning. Cause you feel like you're stuck and you feel like you're not getting any partnerships. And But if you just focus on community, even if it's like the first one or two years, sometimes it does take that long to build a really good community. I think that that is the best thing you can do. And it's the best thing for longevity too. Hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. Big time. And you've got like quite a big following on uh, TikTok and Instagram, but what, what opened up for you? with tiktok because some people a lot of people now actually uh have realized the the power of tiktok me included and are looking to be more active and and be a creator not just a consumer on these platforms uh can you walk us through a little bit about how you were able to leverage 
TikTok and how your journey to becoming a creator on that platform has evolved? Sure. So at the beginning, I didn't really try to perfect anything. So I would just, if I had a thought in my head, I would just post it. Mm. And I realized that it was easier for me. And those videos ended up doing the best anyways. When I would put a lot of time and effort into these ideas and, you know, scripting and curating all of this stuff, it was, it just wasn't as beneficial. The videos didn't do as well. And it took too much time. It was, I would, was close to burnout. So I just started posting literally whatever was on my mind. I mean, I would be in the car buckling my seatbelt and I would share a quick thought. I'd be on a walk and I would share something that popped into my brain and nothing was perfect. But I think that was the beauty about TikTok, especially at the beginning, nothing was perfect. And that's what everyone loved about it. And I still do think that, you know, we're going to see changes. I think people are Um, you know, some people are really good at curating this beautiful, high quality content. But as of now, I still think TikTok is in a place where it's almost like people just want to feel like they're having a FaceTime conversation with you. And that seems to really resonate with people. Mm -hmm. So if I could give advice to someone starting out on TikTok, I would say, don't plan, just start, you know, like learn as you go. Don't feel like you have to be perfect. Like you're never going to be ready. Just start now and pivot and learn as you go. And that's the best strategy you can have. Like instead of spending months planning and feeling like, okay, May, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have the perfect camera, the perfect mic, the perfect setup. It's just, it. you'll never be ready. There's never a perfect time than now. That's, I really believe in that. Mm, agreed. What I noticed as well was, because uh, I took the similar strategy of just, just posting like every day, three to four videos, whatever's on my mind, not really editing it. And through doing that for a few months, I started to like find my voice on that platform and started to get feedback from what was working and what wasn't uh, in terms of the content that I was sharing. Then you can like start to narrow down or double down on certain areas. And before you know it, you have a few videos that they get a lot of views and you have an, an audience. And I'm curious to know with you, have you found that now that you have a larger audience, are you less inclined to post those random thoughts and just pull out your phone and just like post without editing? Or are you now more intentional with with what you create? That's a good question because I, I do feel like I I put a little bit more energy into my content strategy, I would say. But I if I get a random thought, I'll share it. You know, I I don't really believe so much in like the perfect timing of the videos. And like, I just, I share, if it's something good, I'm going to share. I still plan a little bit more nowadays, but you know, with TikTok, I, I think the community is really important, but the following doesn't always reflect the community. And I think that's like the biggest thing for people to understand is that just because you have a f- high follower count doesn't promise that every video is going to do well. And everyone who has a you know a good amount of followers on TikTok knows that because every video kind of has its own chance. So I believe in just, if you have a thought, share it, learn from it, read the comments, see how people react to it. Sometimes it's the random thoughts that you put together in 10 seconds that end up doing the best anyways. So I believe in just sharing whatever comes to mind right when it comes to mind. Yeah, for sure. And what do you feel like has 
shifted now on TikTok. Because TikTok's been around a little while now. The the algorithm has changed a lot. And, you know, for someone who might be listening going, ah, oh, like, fuck, I've missed the boat. It's too late. You know, I can't get that same organic reach that people were getting two years ago on there. Um, what would you say to that? Like, has has TikTok got to that place now where it's a little bit too late to, to build an account, you know, in, in a few months to a big following or is it, is there still opportunities there that you see? It's not too late on TikTok. I think it's more saturated for sure. I think that people that did well aren't seeing continuous growth if they don't make a lot of changes. I think we all need to adapt to what people's needs are because they do change on a month to month basis. But I still think it's way early enough to where if you start from scratch today, you still have a really good chance. I've seen several like even my personal clients start from scratch, have a few videos take off. And that kind of changes your life. I mean, you have to act on it afterwards. You don't just have a few videos go viral and your life has changed forever. But it can really set the stage for you to be, um, you know, have videos do well down the road, maybe partnerships, you can really leverage those views to help you in the future. But I do think that it's, it's not too late. I think mm. uh, it, now is still the time to get on TikTok and start. Yeah. And like there is, like you said, with audience and community being the, the primary goal or intention uh, with TikTok, because through the community is then where you're able to, you know, find customers or clients or whatever. Um, what is your strategy when it comes to uh, like building that community? Like, do you try to build the community on TikTok or then, and then trying to get them off that platform? Or are you trying to take people from TikTok onto say YouTube or your Instagram or email list? Like what, you know, what's, where are you trying to direct people to? Because like the attention span on TikTok is obviously a lot shorter than say an Instagram follower, say a YouTube subscriber. Uh, yeah. What, what, where do you try to direct people there? I think it's always good to have an offer of some sort that is your own, that you kind of own yourself. Um, social media platforms are great and all, but I believe in email lists. I think it's important to build that because we never know what's going to happen to TikTok and Instagram. So mm. just having something separate that you have control over, I think is important. But for content creators like myself who are offering like a product or service to their niche audience that's kind of where you build the communities the most. Like the people that you're going to be seeing a lot that are going to be interacting with your content the most, most likely the, the people that will click on your website and see what you have to offer. And so, you know, yeah, I have a big community on TikTok, but I feel like I have a pretty small community when it comes to people that I'm actually working with, but it's really strong. You know, it may, may be yeah. only a couple of hundred people, but it's still really strong that if something were to happen at TikTok, I know I could still succeed just with those people because I know them, I trust them and they trust me too. Mm, yeah, I love that. I'm curious if someone's listening to this and they are say an aspiring life coach, you know, they're just like starting out. They're like, you know, I don't want to do this work, this corporate job anymore. I want to, I want to be a life coach. Um, what kind of content strategy would you suggest they take when it comes to getting on a platform like TikTok? So I, I think that's starting and I, I love this strategy because it's worked for so many people, including myself, but 
if you start your TikTok or like, even if you didn't start, like say you just share a video sharing an end result of some sort. For me, it could be, um, you know, me growing my own channel, or maybe it's me showing success from one of my clients, just showing an end result of some sort without much else. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, you see those trending videos where people like show before and afters or show the numbers grow or something like that. Show the end result, see all the comments coming in. Like, see, people are going to be like, okay, how did you get there? What platforms did you use? What apps did you use? Then use those comments to then feed into the rest of your content that week. And maybe that could be like on Monday, you post a result and then you use the comments for the rest of the week. That is the best way to get people to trust you because they feel like they're heard and actually know what people want to see from you. And then once you kind of do that a few times, you'll realize you'll learn exactly what people want to learn from you. And then you can create your offers around that content. And I feel like that would be the best thing for especially a life coach to do is to just like, let your audience kind of set your content content up for you. And, you know, sometimes they even know the answer to some of these things, but they just want someone else to like relay the information and agree with them. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So share an end result around what you've been able to create in your life and then allow the the people watching to um, dictate like what what to create next, what kind of based on the comments. Yeah, Yeah, cool. You might think that they want to, like you might think this one tip or hack is going to change their life and like that's what you want to share next. But sometimes they open your eyes to so many other questions that you didn't even think of. And it ends up being what they actually want to hear over the other stuff. So true. Uh, I know for I know for TikTok or any short form or any form of creation, uh, there is almost like a a mindset shift that you need to create. There's almost like a a new person that you need to become to feel to embody the level of confidence to to make content that is like engaging and and authentic. Authentic being the main word. Uh, I have noticed with social media can be very easy to um copy not copy but like emulate other creators and lose sight of what authentic form of creation you want to bring to the world how have you practiced staying authentic to your voice and what it is that you want to create when there's lots of other people in this space creating similar videos do you get inspiration from them or do you just like block out everyone else and just like do your thing so I, I definitely get inspo from other people. I try not to get inspo too much from TikTok just because I feel like it can be a little bit harder to not like copy and paste. You know, if you see a video yeah. and you're like, wait, I thought that too. And, you know, so I try not too much to like scroll down TikTok to get inspo, but I love reading. I love podcasts. If I hear something that I really like, I'll definitely get inspo, but I always try to use my own life experiences in my content. So if I get inspo from something, I'll try to say, okay, how, how does this have to do with my life and my experiences? And I'll share it in a way like that, Mm. because when it's a good way to get people to know you, people want to know about your life and your experiences and, um, where, how you got to where you are. But also it just allows me to kind of show up as myself and not pretend to be someone else. And it's a lot easier that way. Anyways. hundred percent. Yeah. There's, there's, there is like a fear initially when starting to create content like this, where if you 
especially you say us when we're working as accountants, when we first started to like share things to the world, there is like a lot of resistance there at that stage, right? Because people aren't used to seeing that part of us. And this is the, the main thing that I've noticed the people that I've coached into supporting them into stepping into sharing more of their authentic self online. There's that like fear of judgment from other people. Uh, have you noticed that come up with the people that you consult and coach and you know, how do you then coach them around that? What's, what's, what's your way of supporting someone through that? I think the most asked question with my clients is like, how do I stop being so awkward on camera? Like, that's like what everyone says, like, how can I not be awkward on camera? And the truth is, is one, you just got to keep doing it. Like you get more comfortable, the more you do it. But I think the the root of people feeling like they're awkward on camera really stems from them feeling or them being scared that they're going to be judged by others. And so it's totally a mindset thing. I mean, I think a lot of people are just people pleasers. I know I definitely was. I mean, you, you, I used to hate the thought of anyone disliking me, but once you start creating content, you almost have to accept that you're not going to be for everyone. There are going to be people that not only dislike you, but disagree with you so much so that they will say mean comments. They'll be very outwardly about it. And you just got to accept that you're not going to be for everyone. And if there is any judgment, it probably won't last more than a split second. It has so much more to do with that person than it has to do with you. And you just got to you got to practice getting over it because there's, there's no way to get around people judging you. People are going to judge you no matter what it's, it has to be inward and you need to just accept that you just don't care. You know, people Mm. be cringe, you know, embrace the cringe. That's okay. That's like the only way that you can really get to where you want to be is just by um, not caring what people think. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. It's just like in, in, it's a beautiful practice for personal growth because the more you put yourself out there, you're forced to face that part of you that wants to be liked by everyone, and that's it's just it's not um, it's not that's not authentic. You know, if you think you're going to be liked by everyone, that's just that, that's that's you trying to please everyone. Uh, I think you get liked by m- more people when you're willing to speak your authentically who you are. This is what I stand for. This is my truth. This is, these are my values. Um, you, you attract your tribe a lot quicker when you do that. The people yeah. that agree with you, like that's who you want to reel in. And you, the only way you're really going to reel those people in is by, um, you know, sharing your opinion. Sometimes that might be controversial and that's okay, but you just gotta, you gotta be honest with yourself and your community for sure. Yeah. How have you been able to navigate the like trap of social media with what I've noticed as being a creator now on these platforms is when you make content, you, you, you want to uh, check the check the platform to see how the content's performing. And it's almost like there's it starts to access like this dopamine in your brain where it's like, okay, oh, wow, the video got lots of views and lots of likes. And then if the next one doesn't get a lot, you're like, oh, fuck it. You get let down by it. And th- there's almost like this this process that you go through as a creator when you're starting out when you like get all these this, this big growth and you all this dopamine and then you level off for a little bit and then you start to lose a bit of the the, the enthusiasm this, this is kind of what happened with me anyway um don't know if this happens with everyone but you know I, and, I, and i think it forces you to develop a better relationship with 
social media and technology and um, having more boundaries around when you use your phone and things like that. What's your journey been like with that? And, you know, uh, you know, you're in a relationship as well as like, I'm sure your partner doesn't like you being on your phone when you're around them and stuff like that. How how have you navigated all of that? Oh, well, I've, I've definitely had a, a hard time over the years. Honestly, I mean, there was a few times I completely, um, like took social media breaks and this was years ago, but I honest, to, to be honest, um, I had a really bad relationship with social media for a while. I think I was almost too addicted to that dopamine hit. And I was like, like my entire worth was around how many likes and how many followers I got. So I really had to look inward and rewire my brain. And now I've like been able to kind of find a way to get that same dopamine hit out of the actual process of creating as rather than actually getting it from how my videos perform, because I want to feel good about every single piece of content I put out. And I don't care if it does well or not, as long as I feel good about it, that's the dopamine hit that I have, you know, taught myself to want the most. So Mm. I think, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect. I definitely go through times where like a video that I felt really good about does really bad or, you know, doesn't perform well to, um, to, you know, when it comes to vanity metrics, but as long as I feel good about the content I'm putting out, that is all I care about. You know, it's like, that's all that really matters. And sometimes the videos that don't do well end up nurturing your audience the most anyways, and it makes a bigger impact on a smaller group of people. And that still matters too. So, you know, it's taken time and I still struggle, but I'm in a much better place now. Yeah. So do you have boundaries in place around like, okay, I create content from this time or on these days, or I check my phone during these times, or do you just create whenever you feel like you're in the flow? Like what's your boundaries around creation and then also using your phone? So nowadays I, I have a pretty set schedule. Um, I'm, I'm more productive in the morning. So I try to like biohack my day in a way that, um, takes advantage of the mornings and, so I do record every day for the most part, except weekends, I'll sometimes pre-record. But I now that I'm fully a content creator all day, every day, I feel like it it just helps me be able to be creative in that moment. And I don't feel so boxed in. I used to batch create content and it was effective. I got mm. a lot done, but I it just took the fun out of creating content for me. So I don't do that anymore. I do recommend it for people that maybe like have a nine to five. I think it it can definitely help a lot. And I would do that over again if I was working during the day. But yeah, every day I have like a set time where I'm recording. Sometimes I'll have ideas written down. Sometimes I don't, but there's a set time each day that is recording time. Then I have editing time. Usually at nighttime when I'm in bed is like my scroll and research time. And, um, but yeah, I think, I think having daily habits and set times for things allow things to, like, it allows you to have more creative freedom, you know, like it allows you to have energy for the creativity rather than trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing today? When am I working out? When am I eating? When am I going to bed? So I think that would probably be my biggest piece of advice. (laughs) Yeah. 
what what are the things that allow you to to get into the zone like what are those habits or like what, what's that routine that you know okay i'm going to be feeling my best if i know i'm creating content today these are the things that must happen for me to show up my best energy i have to move for like 30 minutes and i i'm not picky about the type of movement i mean that could be a walk that could be um biking that that could be anything i just need to get up and just immediately move my body and i feel like usually during that workout i start getting a little bit inspired i feel more energized i'll have my breakfast i have a little green smoothie and i feel like that um kind of you know gives me all the nutrients my brain needs for the day and yeah once once i'm done with you know my 2 hour morning routine i feel like i'm pretty ready to start recording and I'm able to knock out things pretty quickly. Yeah, solid. I um, I'm the same. Like I feel like movement, movement is medicine for me. Uh, I also realize that because I don't batch anything either. Like as I realize the, I want to capture the moments when I'm in like a peak state, a peak energy, or I'm in flow, or there's something that I'm really excited about that I want to share. Because what I found is, is it's the energy behind the content that's sometimes more important than the content itself. Would you Would you agree with that? I love that. Yes, I completely agree. So do you feel on the days that you maybe you don't feel super energized and really good about it? Do you skip those days or do you still kind of push through? Yeah, that's see, that's that's been like a, a part of my uh, evolution. In the past, no, in the past would have been like, no, no, got to post two, three times a day. It, it was that willful consciousness that was like, we're gonna get it done. Uh, now I'm trying to be more intuitive with how I create and being okay with like, I'm not feeling it today. Like I don't want to. I don't feel like creating. I'm not gonna force that. Uh, that for me has been a more effective way to be more potent for me at the moment i'm i'm swaying back into quality over quantity at the start it was quantity and then spurts of quality i feel like if you can hit both and if you are if you take care of your inner world and your your habits are on point you're living a good life and you're happy i reckon you can hit quality and quantity together that's that's my kind of target um what yeah do you do you do you take quantity over quality or are you you the other way around i like three months ago if you asked me i would say just put out as many videos as you possibly can um i've made a few changes in the last few months just like i don't batch create anymore that's one of them and yeah i take a lot of breaks now not gonna lie i mean i will go a day or two without posting if i'm traveling i'm not gonna kill myself and lose out on the fun and, um, you know, feel like I have to post something if I'm busy and if I'm, you know, doing something else. So I definitely give myself a lot of grace now, but I also on the days, like maybe I'm sick or I, you know, I'm a little bit busier that day. I try to get at least something out. Sometimes I'll just do like a reaction video and those still kind of do well sometimes. Mm. But I try to just get something or post something in my drafts um, at least once a day, but yep. there have been days I skip and I, I don't beat myself up about it. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Not feeling like a failure if you don't post one day. And that's, yeah. it's sort of the pressure that sometimes social media creates, right. As a, as a creator, we think we always need to be putting stuff out there. Like it, it, it creates pressure. You know, I feel like it creates this, like, 
need to always be doing something, which I've noticed at times, like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to feel like that. I don't have to feel like I always have to be yeah, on social media all the time. Um, I want to be able to take, take breaks. Uh, I'm curious to know, where do you see social media going in the next uh, three to five years, especially platforms like TikTok? Do you see Instagram dying out, fading out? Do you see other platforms coming up? Do you see like things like the metaverse uh, shifting the way we, we kind of consume content altogether? You know, I have been really trying to like learn a lot more about metaverse and web three. And I mean, just from the people I've talked to about it already, I do, I do think creators should start paying attention. I don't know enough to like talk about it, but I do know that it's set up in a way that I think benefits creators and allows them to have a little bit more control. So if all goes the way people are saying it's going to go, I, I I do see platforms like Instagram and TikTok maybe eventually dying off. I don't know if, if in the next five years, but I do think that there's all, so many content creators and there's so many people that are um, trying to make it in the space that if they are the first to be on something like Web3, I think that they'll do it because, you know, the mm. opportunity is there and there's more control and there's more opportunity to make money. And um, so, yeah, I, that's, that's my prediction. I don't, I don't think we'll lose Instagram and TikTok like forever, but it may turn into something like Facebook maybe where there's just not as many people on. It's just not as advantageous for companies and creators. Yeah, for sure. So out of the three platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, because in my opinion, they're, they're the biggest platforms. Uh, well, I think statistically they are as well. What, where would you allocate or where do you allocate most of your time to? Instagram. I'm still Instagram. on Instagram the most, even yeah. though I have more of a following on TikTok um, combined because I have two platforms on each. Instagram still takes the cake in providing the most opportunity with brand deals. And that's usually where I get most of my income. I do services and coaching and whatnot. But when it comes to creator brand deals, brands pay way more on Instagram still. They're much more interested. The ability to convert people to buying something is still a lot higher on Instagram. Um, I think TikTok does have its flaws when it comes to that space, but the reach is so good on TikTok. So yeah. maybe they'll make some changes that will improve over time. I think YouTube is a great place to be too. I am not super active on YouTube, but I do know that if you're able to put the time and effort into being consistent, it can really, really benefit you when it comes to monetization. Um, if you can be on all three, I think that that would be great, but yeah. you don't have time for that. Then, you know, try to, you know, do really well on one and yeah. once you do well on one then add in another. And that's just kind of, I feel like the best way to do it. Yeah. And don't forget to have fun in the process. Like, you, yeah. like, like you said, it, you got to enjoy the process just as much as the outcome. Otherwise defeats the whole purpose in my opinion. Um, Maddie, like this has been a really uh, insightful conversation. I've really enjoyed picking your brain a little bit around social media and yeah, all things uh, creator. Um, tell me, like, where can people 
learn more about you or if people want to connect with you, I highly suggest people follow you on social media. Your content is so um, informative and, and supportive for anyone who's, who's looking to be more present online. Um, but yeah, what are your what are your handles? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. This is such a fun chat. I always love um, talking about this stuff. You can find me on, um, if you're interested in social media tips and growth hacks on Choose Your Social with both TikTok and Instagram. And if you are a girl or guy who likes skincare and beauty, you can check me out on Choose Your Glow. That's where all of my um, beauty content is. Oh, yeah. Nice. So what's your goals and plans for, I guess, like the next the next couple of years? Like, Do you have big goals that you've set? Are you trying to hit certain milestones in your growth, in your business? Or are you just kind of like coasting right now and enjoying the, enjoying the ride? I don't have any really big plans other than just kind of focusing more on partnerships. I'm starting to do more long-term partnerships uh, finally. So instead of doing a bunch of random ones each month. Now I'm kind of working with companies on more of like a long-term six to one year basis. So I think that's probably my main goal for this year is to get more of those. So I can just kind of hone in on one company at a time. And yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to, to see you grow and, and continue to yeah crush it online. And uh, might see you in the metaverse one day soon. We'll have our platform yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, yeah, and also being out in LA, I think is is a super helpful um, and opportunistic place to be when it comes to connecting and collaborating with brands and something Absolutely. that I'd love to yeah, I'd love to be able to get back out to the states sometime soon. Uh, purely because I love yeah, I love the people and yeah, who knows, we may cross paths someday soon. But thank maybe you. so. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate you. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. This was a good chat. Thank you. Amazing.